Ask the twins then. Go on, ask them. They spend all day long babbling to that horned beast. They know well his voice. The adversary off comes in the shape of a he goat and whispers, I whispers, use Lucifer. Hey yo, what's going on, friends? Welcome back finally to In Madness Pod. It's Sean the Butcher here with Vertebrae 33. What's up? Hey, Sean, what's up? How you doing? I'm very excited for this movie. Uh, I promise it's way better than some of the other movies that we've reviewed. Uh, I'm looking forward to the next movie we're going to review. And even the new little uh, tidbit that we have introduced to the show, The Point Five, which we're going to try and make a running theme because there's nothing I love more than a good running theme. Yeah, and and if we do these point fives more, we're gonna fill up. We're biweekly, but we might hit a weekly status before we know it. So, um, if you're into hearing us talk, you might get more of it. I promise this isn't a point five, as I promised in the last point five. We are doing a movie. We're doing one of our favorite movies, but we want you to give us your input on the socials at idmadnesspod, idmadnesspod at gmail.com. We got a YouTube page. We got a playlist on Spotify. All of it is available in the link in the description. Uh, we want to hear from you everywhere on the socials. And uh, I'm already going to ask now, even though we haven't introduced the movie, do you have the vinyl? I do have the vinyl. Yes, absolutely have that vinyl. So as customary every week, well, every other week and more so often, tell us what movie we are going to be reviewing for. Wait, this is episode 14. Yeah. 14. We actually made it to 14. I felt like we were stuck on 13 and 13.5 and we did some damage with Lucy and I didn't know if we were getting out of it. We were only using like 2% of our brains. Uh, But hold on, before we start, Oh, man. Tell me he got props again. Is this going to be like the tinfoil hat? Whoa. I mean, intimidating witch hat with pink stars. Are you are you old witch or hot witch? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, you're a little bit of both. Yeah. Yeah. And it is kind of hot out today, but uh, I'll take it off because it is. I had to bring some levity to this because this is a pretty intense. It's going to get dark and I'm going to try and I don't know, keep it sensitive through the dark parts. But good Lord, I mean, it's part of what brought me into loving this movie. Right. So it's 2015's The Witch. Directed by uh, our friend and yours, Robert Eggers. Uh, we should just mention him every week till he comes on the podcast. I don't think friends. he has social media at all. We're friends. But we're, we're pals. We're good friends. Uh, the Lighthouse, The Northman. If you haven't listened to our Lighthouse episode, please do. Episode um, this movie came out in 2015 and it blew minds when it came out. Right? It was like a $4 million and change budget. And it made over $40 million and just kind of clobbered some people. Um, and you know, it's uh, executive produced by a familiar name to us in Chris Columbus. Oh, cool. Wasn't that Gremlins? Yeah, Gremlins Goonies, Home Alone, produced Harry Potter, produced The Lighthouse. So he's Gremlins. all over. And this is Robert Eggers' first movie, right? His first uh full length movie, feature. Yeah, yeah. And check out our Gremlins episode two of In Madness. Yep. So we gotta have Chris Columbus on too. That's another guest we need. Uh, the soundtrack is by Mark Corvin, who did the Lighthouse soundtrack as well as Blackphone. Um, and I went on a deep dive of Mark Corvin and found him uh, making an appearance at some conference. And he was discussing this soundtrack and all these 
sort of homemade instruments that they used and Eggers insisted that nothing would be digital. I mean, recorded digital, obviously, but you know, the equipment. So it's, it's lots of these weird. Well, when we put this up, I'm going to take some screenshots of these things. And there's some very, um, you know, super important sounds in this movie that are made by some crazy devices uh, that, that I never saw before. Something called a water phone and this, and these other giant device with these kind of metal rulers on it. It's pretty crazy. Uh, we'll, we'll post those pictures. But yeah, I, I spent about an hour listening to him talk about uh, his process. Pretty wild. Um, all right, let's get into the cast. Let's do it. So it's Anya Taylor-Joy. And that's the correct, correct pronunciation of her name is Anya. Anya. It's not yeah. Anya. I've been saying Anya. Yeah, it's Anya. Anya. My bad, it's Anya. Thomason. Ralph Einson as William. Um, and and Einson lost uh, 30 pounds for this part. So he could look good out there chopping chopping that wood. With his toga. Yeah. Uh, Harvey Scrimshaw as Caleb. Kate Dickey as Catherine. Ellie Granger as Mercy. Lucas Dawson as Jonas and the baby. Uh, they don't credit the baby, but it's Samuel is the name of the baby. Um, and then we we get into some animals. All right. So we we Charlie is the goat that plays Black Phillip. Uh, cool. Cool. <laughs> there, there's a human. And, and I'm going to say this because when we go through it, we're spoiling. We know this already. We say it every single time. We're spoiling the whole movie from the beginning. Right. There's no surprises. Human um, Black Phillip is Daniel Malik. Um, and and there's a big discussion too online about just the use of goats in, in this movie, if it's pure to kind of the time period and witchcraft. And there doesn't seem to be a ton of evidence for it. Um, but Eggers kind of defended it in a lot of discussions. Um, and he pointed to some artwork showing witches uh, riding goats instead of sticks. Um, and then, uh, a fun little thing. I apparently, uh, black Phillip or Charlie was, um, well, according to the goat wrangler, Charlie was awesome. Okay. According to Eggers and, and Einstein, Charlie was not, and they hated him. Einstein has gone on record of saying some pretty scathing things about Charlie, the goat about the goat. Yeah. Sa- sounds like he was just being a goat. You know, I, I don't think you can fault him for that. Uh, and there's a tremendous amount, not a tremendous amount, but a bunch of CGI that they, that they had to do just to get kind of the handlers out of certain scenes. And um, but the quote from him, Einstein on Black Phillip is he says, I didn't have a lot of gas in the tank, really. Einstein said of sparring with the beast who weighed about 50 pounds more than him. He was horrible, really, really horrible. From the moment we set eyes on each other, it was just kind of hate at first sight. <laughs> he had two modes chilling out and doing nothing or attacking me so Einstein had a moment with Charlie Black he Phillip. played his role well oh yeah yeah the dog uh, I couldn't find the dog's real name but it's Fowler in the movie Fowler um, and I, I was wondering about the name so I, I poked around did a little research and apparently Rebecca Fowler was the only person executed for witchcraft in Maryland in 1685 so maybe that's where they got it from. I don't, I don't know. And our last our last animal is the hare. Right. So the hare or, or rabbit, but it's a hare is dizzy. Uh, 
is is that actor's name um and to know the difference a rabbit uh a hare is larger size longer ears longer hind legs um and there was a belief in kind of northern europe traditions that the hare the witches would sometimes take other forms such as the form of a hare so we we get that in this movie um so very interesting so we have our we have our animals do you want to i'll just say quick production notes uh we know eggers right he built they had they built everything everything is super period accurate they made everything from scratch from reclaimed lum lumber um they shot on a derelict lumber mill in northern ontario it was disgusting out it was hard to get places to film it was there's a scene early on where you see like mosquitoes and horse flies and the they were just actors were just fighting them off when they were trying to film. So yeah, it sounds miserable. Total. Yeah. Um, he used a vintage lens to film and, um, and he used a lot of primary source material, which I mentioned in, in this, in, in the credits, um, specific accounts of demon possession. And he, he has like specific, he cites certain passages um, and a lot of the stuff you can kind of look up. Maybe we'll, we'll post some stuff on socials because if we get into all of his research, we'll have just an episode on Robert Eggers research. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then it'll just be me blabbing as Sean. <laughs> Are you ready? I, I think I'm ready. So my question immediately. So we're led to believe this takes place in what? 1692, 1693 around that time, right? The, the Salem witch trials. Yes. Yes. And we we're not given an exact date, but we are kind of given a period of time. Right. It's set in the 1600s. It's in New England. It's set in New England. It's based around this Puritan family and Eggers referred to it as a Puritan nightmare. So that being said, this whole movie is spoken in this late 1600s kind of slang. So I'm going to be goddamned if I'm going to be able to mimic what the hell it is they're saying. Right. Uh, so to the best of my knowledge, I'm going to do my interpretation of things. But as we've recently learned with the birth of Sean Facts, Sean Facts. <laughs> my interpretation isn't worth a goddamn. So luckily I have vertebrae here with me who's going to help me because I have questions like they said this. I think. Can you explain okay. what they say? I mean, I hope I can. I, I know that the characters um, do speak what's called Jacobian English with Yorkshire accents. So Einstein is, uh, has that accent already, so they kind of went went with that. Um, and the Jacobians believe that witches were possessed, uh, possessed people and were associated with the devil and demons and... Um, so it was a big part of kind of their beliefs and there's all these sects of the Puritans and the separatists versus the Puritans. And um, I will say though, there's a something in this movie that feels very Christian to me. Uh, and I, I know I'm reading into it because Eggers kind of acknowledged that that wasn't intentional, but we will get to it later and that'll, kind of tie into a running theme we've had a bunch of times on this podcast oh great yeah <laughs> it's not about lucy yeah <laughs> <laughs> if so, you're watching on youtube i was timing to say that right when sean was taking a drink yeah, water. Just, just get a spit take over the microphone so we get this eerie music the witch a new england folktale we got our family in court anya taylor joy did i say it right this time yes 
Beautiful. Uh, it's Margot from the menu. She's back. Yeah, back, back. We get her back. on the podcast too. I, I, I will say from the title, actors. the title card, the witch. It has the two V's. That was a big thing instead of a W. Um, and that's just due kind of to the printing press. The W was less common, so they used two V's together. Um, and Edgar saw it in a witch pamphlet from the 1600s and just thought it would be cool to. So he does a ton of research, but he also kind of will just pick other things up that he thinks are really cool and add them into. They're in court. Dad's asking, why did we come in? What what did we come in this wilderness to find? We left our country, our father's houses. We've travailed a vast ocean for what? And the judges are like, shut up. Father's like, did we come here for the pure and faithful spreading of the gospels? And still the judges are like, shut up. We're here to judge you, not you judge us. And dad goes, I cannot be judged by false Christians. <laughs> and so we think such he... a sick 1600s burn. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we get a sense they never come out and say why they're banished. It's kind of unclear. It just feels to me that he dad is wanting to be more strict. Right. Doesn't it sound like he wants to be more strict with following these sort of Puritan you know, the word of God. And it seems like maybe, you know, people get over here and they get to, you know, new land and they start kind of forgetting what they're supposed to be doing and living. The judge's exact words were prideful conceit, I believe. Yeah. 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 Which, which I mean, I need the definition of uh, if, if we have that somewhere when we get to it, (laughs) I mean, I get, I kind of get it, but I, I mean, I kind of get it, but good Lord, there's a lot going on in this movie. So they're arguing. We see shots of this big ass family on trial, five Mm. kids and mom and dad. So given the time period, the location, I guess, like you said, we don't know, but we're led to believe that we're in the middle of the Salem witch trials. Uh, Dad's like, I've done nothing but preach Christ through gospel. And the judges say he's dishonoring the laws of the Commonwealth and the church with his prideful conceit. So I was like, with his prideful what now? Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah. And the Puritans, they were English Calvinists who wanted to you know, reform and purify the Church of England. And the separatists were also English Calvinists, and they sought to separate from the Church of England because they felt it was beyond reform. So I'm not sure if he falls in one of these categories or not. He's definitely a Puritan, but um, I'm not sure how strict he follows it. Does he think the Church, you know, of England is way past reform and it's time for them to do something, you know, that on their own or or what it's totally un, unclear google says prideful conceit is the meaning of conceit and having excessive pride in yourself thanks google yeah i mean that was just those that was the words. same thing yeah flip back yeah. and forth thanks I, for nothing google thank you appreciate that we get the shot of the whole courtroom staring at this family and dad says i'll talk as much shit as i want in so many words mm-hmm. and the judges say then how about we banish your ass from the plantation <laughs> very worried the family was looking at dad like all right you know cool it shut up and dad says he would be happy to leave so they tell him to get to step in family leaves on horse and carriage out of the village on their own into the wilderness with all their belongings what an absolute nightmare time to be alive i'm sorry for anyone 
born in the 1600s listening to in madness but it sounds like hell yeah there's no there's no way i could hack any of this and also like this guy like dad's like all right well we're getting out of here but like you're then all by yourself so you've got to do everything by yourself and the, the kids just have each other they don't have other friends there's no other education except for what's coming from you guys it's just uh yeah i i don't know i mean it's easy to say because we grew up at a different time i just don't right now if i was plopped in the 1600s like I i'm not it. No. i don't know when i'm lasting until but like it's not very long they're heading dreadfully into the woods. This horribly eerie music is playing, like when Jack's losing his mind in The Shining. Yeah. Like just the way Robert Eggers sets the mood. I love whether it's Lighthouse, whether it's Witch. I love this feeling of dread you get. You just know something horrible is about to happen. And he's super involved with the with the score and the process of that with Corvin. So, you know, if you just were to take that score out of that scene and put you could put different music and it'd be completely different scene it just adds to all of it like working hand in hand with your composer in that way it's just beautiful this family is sitting by a fire in the woods camping out and we cut to daytime we got this beautiful sky overlooking this amazing untouched by human hands land <laughs> uh, we see the family on the floor praying mother and father exchange a smile for their new life it is that the only smile of the movie it will be their last. <laughs> they found their new home. Father builds them a house where they're going to live. They're praying towards the forest, not knowing that something on the inside of that forest is looking right back at them as actual prey. Yeah. Again, Eggers is horribly ominous music, slowly zooming into the forest. It is badass. Just setting the mood. I love the way he sets it up. It sounds like so the sound... It sounds like a group of women chanting. And I was wondering if that's one of like his instruments that you were talking about or if it's actually women chanting. Like, Yeah, there was that the water phone device that kind of had had some of those sounds. Um, it's definitely. But there are voices later on, so yeah. maybe there's a little bit of that there, too. Yeah, it's it's very creepy ass music. And our next shot is the house that the family has built. There are few crops, their small farm. Uh, it's crazy how they live. No realtor, no closing costs. <laughs> yeah, but he had to build all this. I guess by himself. Fucking lawyers. <laughs> Jesus. We are shot of uh, Thomason, Anya Taylor Joy. She's praying. I have lived in sin. I haven't been doing my work or listening to my parents or praying, which to me just sounds like a normal ass kid. Yes. We see mom breastfeeding the baby. So many kids in this house. Jesus. Thomason also says she's broken pretty much every commandment in thought and that she only thinks of herself and not the Holy Spirit. At least I think that's what she says. Mm -hmm. uh, we see the other kids working on dad's little farm. They're gathering crops. Thomason said she deserves pain and misery in this life because of all she's done and everlasting hellfire. And you know, it's crazy. So they bought that corn in advance and kind of stored it up. So some of it seems like it's rotted, right? When they're, when they're taking it down and there, there's an online theory about it that, that 
if you eat rotten corn, there's actually, and this part I think is true, there's some sort of like hallucinogens in it. And and so, <laughs> you know, we get this rotten corn and the situation with the bad crops, and then the movie goes off the rails. Kind of crazy. Also, Everlasting Hellfire, great band name. <laughs> uh, but being a kid so harsh, so harsh back in the late 1600s, Thomason's begging forgiveness from God, or as Miss Carmody would say, God. <laughs> Thomason walks outside from where she's praying. She walks over to mother who hands her the baby, and Thomason walks towards the forest. Here we go. We get this long, eerie shot of the forest. Mm-hmm. Boo! There's Thomason. She screams, playing peekaboo with the baby. The camera's going back and forth from Thomason to the baby. The first two times, the baby looks stoked. The third time, the baby has this terrified look on its face. Thomason uncovers her eyes to play peekaboo. And this, my friends, for the next 45 seconds, brings me to part one of my milking milking of the the alpaca's moment. So this was the moment I had, uh, obviously, is the milking of the alpacas moment. Um, And what's crazy is the first draft of the script started with this scene. So originally, we wouldn't even have met the family and the trial and everything. And I think it's good to kind of get to know them a little bit and sort of see how sad they are when they're leaving and and all of that. Um, I, I think... You know, this is wild for the next minute or so anyway. And I think it would have been maybe just too intense for everyone if you didn't have something before. it. Yeah, they gave it a very little buffer, maybe four minutes. (laughs) And then they pull this on you. She uncovers her eyes and the baby is gone. She looks towards the woods and the branches and the bushes are rustling as if something snatched the baby and ran. Then we see it as a figure with a red cloak, it's running through the woods and it's got the baby. Then we're inside the home, the baby's naked, the lady's naked. She approaches it and this old hand touches the baby and then picks up a knife. And in the theaters, when I saw this, I'm like, no way, no goddamn way in hell are they gonna do this. And boom, the screen goes black. Mm-mm. We cut to the witch, she's got a stick, she's pounding away on a stump. Mm. She's making, you guessed it, baby soup. Oh, so awful. And then, of course, awful. Yes. And I was like, and I'm like, four minutes in, four minutes into this movie. And if that's not enough, she begins rubbing it all over her naked body. Right. And and I'll stop you there. So Eggers talks a little bit about this. And just first of all, say, you know, as per every single podcast we've done, I didn't. Yeah, exactly. Whew. I didn't see it in the theater. I'm, I'm glad I didn't see it in the theater. I was a new dad when this movie came out. I don't know how I would have handled that part in the theater. I need to see seeing it home the first time and that I probably saw it whenever it first dropped. I think I was just like, OK, and I kind of get up from the couch and walk around and take a couple deep breaths. And I have to say, watching of the podcast, I probably watched this movie now total eight eight times maybe i think every single time the last two times i watch it i just skip past that part yeah 
and it's amazing because there's certain things you see and as many times you see him you know it just becomes oh yeah there's that crazy scene and you can make jokes about it uh this still kind of gets me every single time i don't know how to get his point across i don't know another way like i think he did it classy considering what he had what the point of it was you know i think it could have been a lot worse in someone else's hands um so the the baby is being made into an ungent and an ungent is a soothing or healing salve or bomb um and Egger says that the lure in the day was basically that the act of ingredient this ungent was the entrails of an unbaptized babe and this is what you know put it on the broom and they're able to fly i'll also say sean a witch i put the hat on at the beginning to be jokey right the witch hat but like eggers acknowledges like by the time he makes this movie witches are kind of a little played out right brooms witches kids dress up like witches it's not really he made it cool he it's made not it really cool. a scary thing a witch on a broom again under somebody else's hands at the moment where she and we get into it is up in the air it, it could have been really corny this is like super intense the whole setting you're you're just you're just all into it this was my own one and only milking of the alpacas moment for this um and i my my other one is also when i remember in, in the theater going what uh so i will say that um so she covers herself with the baby soup she covers her broomstick uh, and she's laying on the ground she's shaking and as she's shaking she begins to float and i'm like whoa it's real like it's not just like an idea of a witch like they're witches witches so then we see a shot of her walking into the moonlight with again this horribly eerie music so awesome cut to mother crying baby is gone we see caleb the oldest brother he's checking out thomason while she's sleeping little perv yeah well he's not he's not in the village anymore so. hey, it's 1690 what are you gonna do <laughs> thomason's having a nightmare i wonder why she wakes up she's surprised to see caleb he talks her back to sleep caleb goes to the barn and sees dad with the crops it's been a few days since the baby snatching and dad's like we can search no more dad says if a wolf didn't take him yet hunger would have yeah and, and dad is hardened to this a little more and i'll just say that there's certainly a mentality there that existed to not get too attached to a child kind of before the age of four just because of all the things that they encounter um which makes this intensity through the rest of the movie crazier because we're relating to it in current times like your baby's gone and oh my god what are we gonna do right and there's only so much they can do when it gets dark they, they have to call off probably looking for the baby um candles are scarce right so how many candles are you gonna burn through the night searching outside i guess you could make a torch if you needed to but um it's just you it's it's just awful and super intense my common theme throughout the entirety of this movie is what a time to be alive. <laughs> we also see the crops are bad. And I don't know about you, but to me, this land seems cursed, if I may say so myself. Yes. Dad says time to go check the traps they laid in the woods for food. Caleb thought they weren't allowed to go in the woods. But dad says the harvest will not last in the winter. We must catch our own food. 
we will conquer this wilderness. It will not consume us. Mm-hmm. And then we get a long shot of the wilderness getting ready to consume. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you think so? The boys head up. Oh, there's my physical therapy alarm to do hey. my, to do my uh, cobra pose. I do my cobra pose and I got to hold it. Whatever. I got a bad back. I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> The boys head off into the woods. Thomas, Thomason goes to check on mother who is in bed crying and praying. Poor woman. Uh, Dad and Caleb, they're walking through the woods. They're just going over prayer. Ugh. That they're sinners from birth and they're corrupt in nature and it's dwelling within them. You cannot catch a break in the 1690s. Even if you don't sin, you have sin waiting inside your body. So you're automatically evil. I think that's what they're getting at. Yes, for uh, sure. Yeah. And and they could kind of do do no right. Right? They're already sinners. Any sideways thought that you have about anything, any way you want to branch out and do your own thing, that's that's a sin. There's a sin. They're they're everywhere. They approach a trap, it's empty. Caleb asks if the baby was born a sinner. Dad's like, "Well, yeah, of course." Ugh. Caleb's like, "What what did you do to make him a sinner?" Uh, is the baby in hell? And then he, Caleb asks if he dies. Will he go to hell? Mm-hmm. Dad calms him down. He's like, the Lord knows who's good and who's evil. And the baby is with Jesus. At least I think that's what he tells him. Uh, Caleb asks where dad got the trap from for the rabbit. Or, you know, the rabbit they didn't catch. And he says he traded with an Indian. What did he trade? Mother's silver chalice. Mm-hmm. She loves this thing. But I mean, I guess we would too, right? That's like her, you know, comic book. Yeah, that's her big screen TV. That's the, <laughs> that's the only thing they have. It's probably been handed that's her, down. That's her signed Drew Struzan thing poster. Oh, yes. <laughs> you traded it for what? <laughs> you didn't catch anything? Awful. Cut to Thomas and she's gathering chicken eggs and she drops one. And we get a gross shot of this little dead baby chicken. Dad tells Caleb not to rat him out and tell mom about trading her cup and he'll take care of it. He whistles for Fowler, the dog, Hmm. uh, who begins barking because he sees a hair. Were you going to say, were you going to say rabbit before? I I did write down bunny. Bunny. Oh, they're trying to fire the gun, which takes like 30 seconds. What Again, a time to be alive. Something else awful. Yes, what a time to be alive. Okay, I'm going. <laughs> it's going to take forever. A That's minute and a half. When people talk about like duels that people had back in the day, it's like yeah, people survived duels because it took forever <laughs> to load this thing and shoot at somebody. Unbelievable. And you, you might just run out of stuff and go home and pick it up the next day. There were duels that would continue to the next day. Sounds like an in madness episode. <laughs> We're dueling to the next day. Yeah, it's just us discussing Lucy for like. Yeah, yeah. Dad <laughs> fires the gun, goes off and explodes in his face, but it doesn't injure him. It knocks him on his ass, and the hair gets away. We cut to Thomason literally shoveling shit. The other two kids are outside. They're singing about Black Philip, Black Philip, Black Philip. I don't know the song, but it sounds like they're having a blast. Yeah. Uh, Thomason takes a long, hard second, and she throws the shovel back into the shit. Now she's sitting, staring into the forest. The kids are singing about Black Philip. 
to the black billy goat who is causing one hell of a ruckus. Yeah. Dad drags him back into the barn and he knocks dad on his ass and the kids have themselves a big laugh. <laughs> and then Edgar says on the um, the director's commentary that the, the, he, Einstein got a big bruise from this and this was a pretty tremendous fall. When, yeah, yeah. Mother's mad. She asked where dad and Caleb went. Why Thomason isn't watching the kids. They pay me no mind, she says. Mother yells at Thomason to help dad with his dirty clothes. Mom is pissed that everyone left her alone and housework needs to be done. Caleb lies and he says that him and dad went to find apples in the woods because he thought he saw some, but there were none. Mom tells Caleb not to leave the farm. And and this scene, Sean, this like undressing a dad, this is awkward too, right? This really made, this makes me uncomfortable. As a movie that's full of uncomfortable things, this like feels really strange to me. Yes, there's a couple of strange, strange moments. Yeah. Uh, dad's out back in his toga looking cut, looking, looking shredded because that, what, 30 pounds he lost? Yeah, 30 pounds, chopping wood. Chopping wood like a man's man. Fighting off, fighting off Charlie the goat. Yeah. Uh, Thomas is down by the brook cleaning out dad's clothes and Caleb joins her. He gets busted checking her out. But she <laughs> asks him what's wrong. She holds him for a bit. She wishes that he had found some apples. And they're stopped by a rustling in the bushes. Did you hear that? Who is it? Hmm. I be the witch of the wood. <laughs> it's little twin. It's the twins. It's Lord Mercy, the damn troublemaker. <laughs> mercy. She says, I be not mercy. I be the witch of the wood. And I have come to steal you. Hear me stick flying through the trees. Clickety clackety. Clickety clackety. <laughs> One of my favorite. I say clickety clackety at least three times a week. Really? I just I love saying click anytime like there's a noise like like things are blowing like like uh, yeah the shades on the window yeah I love clickety clackety stays with <laughs> me forever. Uh, Thomas is pissed she's washing clothes and the kids are out playing. Mercy goes because mother hates you. Another flawlessly delivered line. <laughs> so get this, okay? Thomason goes. I'll tell mother you left the farm. And Mercy goes, Black Phillips says I could do what I like. Mm. What? Yeah. Mercy says, I used to be able to come to the brook before you let the witch take Sam. And Thomason gets pissed. Caleb says, a wolf stole Sam. Mercy says, a witch. I seen her in her cloak in the woods. Mm. What? Yeah. So get this. Thomason goes, I... It was a witch, Mercy. You're right. It was me. I stole Sam. I be the witch of the wood. I am that very witch. When I sleep, my spirit slips away from my body and dances naked with the devil. That's how I signed his book. What? So so I, I think she's just messing with them. But, are, but what about what Mercy said? Is the goat actually talking to these that kids. part i don't know that that is a possibility that definitely is a possibility um but i i think this movie is thomason's turn and to to freedom in, in a lot of ways for her and and i think you're we would be off track if we were like okay she's kind of evil from 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 the beginning type well, thing. She, 
She continues on. He asked me to bring him an unbaptized baby. I stole Sam and gave him to me, master, and I'll make anything else vanish that I like. I'll make you too. I'll make you vanish too if you displease me. I'll mm. boil and bake you since we haven't got any food. <laughs> she throws- I think she's just an angry teenager. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, well, she throws her sister on the floor. She throws Mercy on the floor. She's like, I crave to sink my teeth into your pink flesh. Uh, she's like, if you ever tell mother, uh, I'll kill you, I'll kill your mother, and I'll kill Jonas too. Uh, and I, again, I wrote here, it sounds like she's trying to scare her, but it also sounds very much like a confession. Right. Well, I, I but I don't think she's there yet with any of that, but I do think... Listen, they just moved from the other place. I'm sure... There's a lot going on with witches. People are talking about it, accusing other people of being witches, hearing stories. Teenagers are messing with other teenagers. I think it's just kind of an angry teenager who's coming out and saying that stuff, you know, to her younger siblings, but certainly has a ton of weight when we get later on in the film. Mercy runs away screaming and she goes, get away from her, Caleb, or she'll witch thee flawlessly delivered caleb tells thomas to stop telling mercy these fantasies it was a wolf that stole sam mm. and we cut to the dinner table dad is praying forgive us for today's sins yada yada free us from shame and torment yada yada the holy spirit dwells in us and so forth and the family begins to eat what little food they have and what a, what a two things one so beautifully shot i mean the whole movie is this looks like a painting the way, the way this the scene is lit, um, just Eggers does an amazing job. The family is eating unleavened bread, so it's probably made from cornmeal bread, and it's made without like some sort of like rising agent, like yeast or or, or something like that. So that's what they're eating in in that scene. But um, yeah, just the funny thing is, Sean uh, Eggers says in the commentary that they this scene they don't because it's kind of like one candle and they do a lot of lighting where they're hiding other lights and candles in this to light it a certain way um but he says they light too way too many candles for a family of this time period because they were like expensive to have so um but otherwise you wouldn't see anything on screen so they have to light in a certain way but this has a very like last supper feel to it and again i know there's a lot of things in here that we're going to mention they're not puritan they're Christian. I, I get it, but I think Eggers plays with that a little bit, and this feels very Last Supper to me. Uh, mother's asking Thomason, where's her silver chalice? Thomason has no idea. Mom's pissed. Where's my cup? Did you lose it? Thomason's like, I haven't touched it. And dad tries to defend her because he knows what's up, but mother doesn't believe her, and she's pissed that she lost the cup. Hmm. Thomason's like, I haven't touched it, but dad will not fess up. She's looking for the Holy Grail. <gasps> and mom with the sickest burn goes, the cup is gone. Did a wolf vanish that too? <laughs> Low blow, mom. Mom says, what's happening on this farm? What's happening on this farm? It is not natural. Dad says, they will read from the good book tonight and fast tomorrow for all their sins. What a time to be alive. Yeah, and much like Colorado Space, uh, like dad's this dad's not a great farmer he's not you know he could chop wood with the best of them clearly the house and he can do all that but um yeah it's kind of falling apart and it's his pride and his conviction that got in the way and put them all in this situation in the first place 
I think if he would have just sort of went along with whatever trial they had and and kind of put the kids ahead of his own bravado, I think, you know, they get a different outcome. But now he's in deep, right? It's like he's in this argument and now you're just in deep and you just keep escalating it over and over. No, we're fine. Everything's fine. Yep, Corden's rotten. Baby's gone. No, we're good. We're going to get through it. Don't worry. We're going to fast. We're going to fast and we're, yeah, we're not going to eat. Great. Yeah. Great. yeah, just pray we won't eat, but we'll we'll be totally fine. Great. What a time. Inside the house, we hear the sheep making noise. Mom yells at Thomas and to go check on him. She goes to the barn, and there's the hare from the forest that got away, staring at Thomason. Back inside, Mom and Dad are in their room. They're in bed. Mom's praying, crying. Dad tries to comfort Mother, tells her to be grateful of God's love. She says, God has cursed the family. God, Dad says that they're being humbled. And she's like, when Christ was led into the wilderness, he was met by the devil. We should have never left the plantation. Mm. Dad goes, what do we need? Silver chalices? <laughs> Sick burn. And and uh, I'll say, so w- w- let's establish this, right? So we have Black Philip, who, who is, for all intents and purposes, the devil, right? In cahoots with the witch who took the baby and is also showing up in the form of a hare and kind of watching the family. So there's just a lot of eyes on them. And then we have this other sort of felt like an old argument, this, this uh, silver cup, right? I feel like they've had this argument before, like, because if you think of it, William probably thinks that's unnecessary too. Yeah. Right. But it's from the family. So he's Mm -hmm. probably putting it, She's putting it up on the mantle and he's moving it somewhere else. This feels like an old argument that they've had about this. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Mom gets pissed. She says uh, they may have sold it because no one would trade for their corn. She also mentions how Thomason has begat the sign of her womanhood. And then she stops and calls to the children to make sure they're asleep. They are not. No. They're all right above them listening to everything they're saying. Yeah, the place isn't that big, so I don't know what she thought. I don't know what she thought they were doing. The upstairs of this, by the way, and give you a gnarly bit on that, is is called a gannet, and it's upstairs. It's a habitable attic. It's traditionally small, dismal, cramped, sloped ceilings. We see it later on. When they're filming this, the gannet that they're showing is in a different location than where the bottom of the where they're filming the bottom of the house, which is interesting. So they had to kind of continue it up. Um, Eggers talks for a long time in the commentary about the ladder that goes up because they used a certain type of wood for the ladder and it would have been just too decadent and, and sort of fancy for this type of house, but it is what it is. So, so I, I get a feeling he's critical, super critical of his work, even after it's done and probably sits there and looks at all the little, all little, inaccuracies or things that he thinks stand out to him. He mentions at one point, um, and once he said it, I couldn't get out of my mind. The next time you see it, you'll, you'll do it too. But Anya has like, uh, you know, her ears were pierced. So she has the little holes where she would have had the piercings and he wishes that they had CGI that out. Cause it just bothers him now. Uh huh. Yeah. That's <laughs> some real director shit. <laughs> Uh, mom says Thomason is old enough and needs to leave to serve another family. So was this common practice? Was this what they did back in the day? 
Yeah, I mean, it seems like it from here. I didn't, I didn't look this, I didn't look this up. Um, but yeah, super intense. And you know, was it escalated because of what happened with the baby? Maybe Most does likely. she feel, I don't know, a weird competition with her own daughter? Right, because there there was certainly probably a lot of like in incest and and things like that happening in the 1600s for sure. Um, and you know, we flash back only a few minutes ago to her undressing dad outside the house. It's really uncomfortable. She's looking at her become a woman. There are um, some outrageous claims made later on. Yes, uh, but. She also says that Sam was not baptized, and because of that, Sam the baby is now in hell. She wants to go back to the church and the plantation. Dad refuses because of his prideful conceit. Mother screams that the family will starve. Dad says he's going to take a horse and Thomas in tomorrow and see if they can pawn her off to another family. What a time to be alive. Awful. And, and so if we start adding this up for thomason she has the situation happen everyone's accusing her of it already and now they're like hey you're a woman time to get out of the house go 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 be with somebody else um and be probably their servant or something it's not like she's going to be the head of the household there um so you know you you can sort of see her building to her sort of triumphant moment at the end of the at the end of the film uh thomason looks horrified that she's going to get pawned off and so does caleb uh, he waits a while he heads down to the barn to go take a horse and thomason follows him and says what are you doing he's like go back to sleep and i promise you won't have to leave to work for another family she insists to go with him and off they go into the woods hmm. caleb approaches the trap then him and dad laid and they caught a, a rabbit or a hare one of them <laughs> Uh, they're riding the horse back home and Fowler begins barking and staring at them is the hare, the evil hare. Yeah. Fowler runs off. Caleb chases after the horse goes crazy and throws Thomason off and runs away. We cut to the twins roped up in the barn. <laughs> A great way to keep him <laughs> in one spot. Mother and father are yelling into the woods for Caleb and Thomason. Caleb roams deeper into the forest. He's whistling for the dog, and then we hear it. This goddamn in madness podcast with our animals being butchered theme. We hear Fowler get, I mean, just he we he we hear him yelp, and you it's not a good yelp. Yeah. Caleb's walking through the forest, he's praying, and we hear Fowler scream, and then we see that he is gutted. Yeah, and I guess when they film this, that's the real dog laying there, and they just threw a bunch of that stuff on, and like shaking them. Yeah, fake oh <laughs> guts and stuff. They just kind of put it on him and filmed he, it. He's probably so happy. He's probably like full of treats and on his back, and he's still, yeah. but you can't see it. <laughs> Thomason wakes up from being knocked out, and she hears Dad yelling for her. She runs to him. Caleb goes deeper into the forest. He goes through this maze of branches and follows the hare. He begins approaching a random house in the middle of the woods. Smoke's coming out the top. And horrifyingly enough, the door opens and a woman steps out. She's wearing a red cloak 
And I guess we're led to believe that this is our witch. Right. And this witch was played by Sarah Stevens. She's an Australian swimsuit and Victoria's Secrets model. So uh, Harvey or Caleb in the movie, his first on-screen kiss is with the Victoria's Secrets model. (laughs) Shout out to Caleb. (laughs) Um, And the red cloak is certainly a very common theme with with witches and there's some people who um what's the little red riding hood kind of allude to that and and even eggers talks about kind of folklore and witch lore and other things and kind of rolling in rolling into each other um so it's super interesting here but uh we get a horrific moment coming she slowly approaches Caleb. We get this haunting music in the background, the chanting of the witches. <laughs> the lady approaches Caleb and starts to kiss him. Caleb. <laughs> from behind, a twisted, deformed old witch hand grabs the back of his head and it cuts mm-hmm. to black. <laughs> We're back at the house. Thomason is getting yelled at again. Dad says he had a no horse, but he'll go out and find Caleb. Mom is asking Thomason why they went to the woods, but she will not rat out Caleb. Then while badgering her, dad finally admits it. He sold mother's silver chalice. Mom gets pissed at the deception. Uh, He then tells her he took Caleb to the wood, not for apples, but so they could find food. Mm -hmm. Mom gets mad telling dad that he is false. Like, Jesus Christ, lady, cut the dude some slack. He was out trying to get some food. Like, relax. Everything can't be a sin. You got to calm down. Right. Then again, I mean, they're in this situation because of him. They could have gone back. Correct. Correct. Um, But no, uh, he has broken God's code and he is a liar. Like, relax. Calm down. (laughs) He promised he will go find Caleb. She gets so dramatic telling him he's going to die he is damned the family. And then she slaps him in the face and collapses into his arms crying. Mm-hmm. We cut back to inside the house. Mom is chastising dad. Picking apples? Mm. Thomason asks if the goats have been put in the barn. And mom tells her it can wait till tomorrow. But Thomason insists it'll please you, mother. Mother tells her to hurry back and she goes out to the barn. She's petting a goat. And we hear a noise outside. Mm-hmm. And who is it? <laughs> who is it? Who is it? You'll find out <laughs> July 17th on the part two episode of In Madness the Witch. Oh, I got to wait all that time? Instead of bi-weekly for this one, we're going to try a little new thing. And you can let us know what you think about it on the socials at In Madness Pod. Uh, we're going to break this movie up into two parts. And we'll give you part two next week. I believe the date is July 17th, if my mathematics are cor- correct. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I feel like this is a good breaking point. We'll tell you who was outside the bar next week. Thanks for joining us on Take episode 14. Oh my God. See you guys in a week. I didn't know this was happening. Catch it you guys later. Time.